She's my lovely daughter. That's how that works. It is. Welcome, everybody. And welcome. So, Milo, on the last episode that I did the research for, I kind of threw a, I don't know if you'd call it a teaser. Oh, my gosh. I'm peeling eyelashes off of my mug. Go on. You really are. She's peeling fake eyelashes off the bottom of her water mug. You know, when you're a party princess, eyelashes end up everywhere. Have you been doing that? I've been... I did another costume test for it, and that's what those were from. And that's where you keep and those? You, so you store those at the bottom of well, your water no, mug? That's, no, that's... It, they were on my counter from in my craft room, and they got stuck to my water bottle. But this is neither here nor there. It's just that when... You frequent when you wear fake eyelashes, they're uncomfortable. I so bet. you tend to just peel them off as soon as you get a chance and set them down, and then eyelashes end up any, everywhere. That's fair. I feel the same way with IVs. I have that IV in my arm for the hospital. <laughs> I want that thing out as soon as I can. Yep, it's pretty no. much the same thing. For, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> similar levels of discomfort. Uh, anyway. Um, uh, on the last episode, I presented the research, and of course, you and I go back and forth through the episodes as we to sure who's presenting. We banter. We do banter, but we—I mentioned that one of these days I was going to do an episode on different idioms that actually originated in the Bible. Yes. So guess what, Milo? We're not doing that. We're not doing that. <laughs> How did I know? So well. I know my father. Well, we are going to sort of do it. Have I told you that I've started referring to you as my father who worked in Jenison? David be his name? No, no, didn't know that. Don't know that you should do that. <laughs> Don't know if that's a good thing. I just remembered that because we were mentioning biblical and, and I've uh, said that to several friends. And, uh, and how did uh, they respond to it? I think all of them are ex-evangelicals, so they enjoyed it. Okay, I like it. Very good. Almost everyone who is in Grand Rapids is an ex-evangelical. Well, they're, or evil. they're either evangelical or ex-evangelical, sure, pretty absolutely. much. Sure, uh, I'm not familiar with ex-evangelical, but I like it. Portmanteaus. I do like it. Yeah, your 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 younger sibling is the is the absolute best at the portmanteaus. Yes, it's There's true. There's no doubt about that. Well, as I said, we are eventually going to do a bunch of phrases that originated from the Bible, mm-hmm. um, but we are going to take a biblical phrase today, but it's got enough of a story in and of itself. We're just going to stick on that one because I really like the story of where this came from. Okay. Um, and this is a phrase I'm pretty sure everyone has heard of before. Mm-hmm. It's the Good Samaritan. Yeah. You're familiar this, with this? This is appropriate because it is Sunday and it is also Orthodox Easter, so it's a very... Holy day. I did know it was Sunday, did not know it was Orthodox Yeah, Easter. today is bonus Easter, which I'm pretty sure Orthodox Christians would not be happy about me saying. But I, I, I love Easter, so I'm just excited that it's another Easter. And today. next year, we'll go back to the Easter egg hunt if you're able to be in Michigan Yay. at the time of the Easter egg hunt. Anyway, so yeah, I again, with a lot of our phrases, I think a bunch of the time we, we do choose idioms and phrases that usually people have heard. Yes. Um, not always. This one I'm positive people have heard. You yep. probably know what it means. But if not, a good Samaritan really literally means that you, you're helping a stranger. Yep. 
you're coming alongside, you need someone, you see someone who needs help, and you help them, you're being a good Samaritan. A good Samaritan. So first question for you, of course, have you ever been a good Samaritan? Yeah, I think so. Can you I think mean, of a time? I, so I live in Michigan, and so the most example that comes to mind first, of course, yeah. is helping people out of the snow. Of course. Because as a good Midwesterner, as you, if you're walking down the street or something or driving and you see someone stuck in the snow, you stop and you help. So I have yeah. done that a number of times where, you know, you get your car mats out or you get the kitty litter out of the back of your car and you give them a hand. Yeah. Uh, do you say ope as you help them out or not? I mean, probably, yeah, yes, because a it's a finicky situation and ope is an all-purpose word. So fun little story I did not intend on sharing. Um, I have a side job. That's all this podcast is. Go yeah, it, it totally is. But um, on my side job, I serve legal papers. I'm a process server. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a, well, it's about two months ago now. In February, we got a bunch of snow. Yep. And I used to have this little car, Ford C-Max, that had no weight or traction. And I got stuck in front of one of my people's houses that I was oh, serving no. papers to. That's awkward. And this probably 75-year-old woman and her daughter, who might have been 40, came out to help push my car out of the snow after I had served them both papers. That I mean, I feel like that's the epitome of Good Samaritan and them. What? Is it? Got away from you there. Um, the 75-year-old woman was trying to help me push through the snow, and the woman, other one was in the car, and we got it out. But, That's nice. Uh, yeah, they were very friendly, but That's good. they still owed money. Awkward situation, but I'm glad they helped. You know, Milo, what I've learned in this life is I have a tendency to lean into the awkward because it's not going anywhere. <laughs> the awkward's sticking. It's staying. It's it's true. You might and as well just go like, oh. That is something I know about you as my whole life of you <laughs> trying to make jokes to cashiers and other like service <laughs> workers and then being like, uh-huh, and you just doubling down. At- <laughs> I like to think of those times as being, they're like, what a delightful experience I had with Uh that man. At least they get a story for the day. I appreciated my clients at when I worked in service jobs that at least gave me a story, even if they were something to deal with. Well, I hopefully was not much to deal with, but you never know. You're trying to be nice, but anyway. Customer service is repetitive work, so you do at least give them variety. I do. I I, I kind of wake them up out of their day a little bit and be like, oh, there's something different happening here. Is he going to murder me (laughs) or just make dumb This man is telling puns at me, and I... Want to take a nap. And I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you remember the such great things from your childhood. Um, I have been a good Samaritan before uh-huh. a few different times. Have um, people good Samaritan to you? Yeah, I can't think of anything specific, but I know that there have been times someone's helped push me out of the like well, those women who helped push me out of the snow mm-hmm. a couple months ago for sure. One time, there's a police officer pulled off on the side of the road, and he was outside his car, and I didn't know if. Like, what he was doing. So I just pulled off, and I'm like, hey, are you okay? Is mm-hmm. everything all right? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. Um, and I was like, I don't know if that was a smart thing for me to do in retrospect. Yeah. Even after I left, I'm like, hmm, I don't know. He might have thought that was weird. But anyway, I'm like, I don't know. He looked like maybe he needed help. But yeah. I'm like, he's got a radio. He didn't need your help. <laughs> but it was fine. He seemed grateful. That's good. Um, so one of the times that I was a good Samaritan is I came across a guy, um, and he was – listening to some music and I thought I heard it was country music so I smashed his radio good Samaritan mm-hmm. he did not seem to appreciate my uh-huh. efforts that did my I do have another one that I was quite proud of I didn't um, really smash that radio that was just a I, dumb story I know, but. <laughs> I know you know I mean my listeners uh one time in my history of war class 
uh, which I think I've talked about in the podcast before. There was this like gal who sat next to me. And I didn't know her that well, but I thought she was cute. And one day she was opening up a clementine and she opened it up and it was moldy inside. Oh, oh. And so like, it was like during a, like a silent time in the class. And like, I was, I noticed, um, and was like, oh no. And I happened to have a clementine in my bag. Of course you did. And so I just reached in as soon as she opened it and set it on her desk. <laughs> and like the professor was watching and from the other side of the room, he just goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's the best flirt I've ever done. Nothing came of it, but I was still proud of myself. That is amazing. <laughs> I, I really like that. Um, so the story of the Good Samaritan is actually, yes. again, I'm sure most people know, it comes from a story that Jesus told. And um, and while, yes, it it is a story about help, someone helping a stranger, uh, if you – this isn't like a super like like obscure background story, but mm-hmm. – for people who don't know, this is actually when Jesus was telling this story. It was a actually quite a subversive story. Yes, this was a story that got him in trouble um, and made people angry because people didn't like Samaritans. Exactly. So um, I want to read to you the story out of a translation called the Message. Um, okay, it is from Luke ten. Luke was a doctor actually. And he is the only one. There's four Gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke's the only one who tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, and it is it's always of, interesting to me out of the what who tells what stories. Oh, it's fascinating. The testimonies it tells you a ton of the author, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is very entertaining is how many people think that the four gospel writers were all disciples. Yes. So uh, Mark, Luke were not disciples. Yeah. Just, just just friends, buds. They're just, just hanging friends. out. And and Luke was very highly regarded, and we do know that he was a doctor. He was a physician. I um, did not know that. Yeah. So that's in there. It's 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 mentioned. Um, I think Paul mentions it. Doesn't matter. Um, so I um, have a good. I have a trivia question for you here. Oh boy. Yeah, it's all right. Bible trivia. Da, 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 da. Do you know who wrote most of the New Testament? Moses. No. It was not Moses. <laughs> uh, no, it was actually Luke. Oh. Luke, Paul wrote a bit though. Paul, Paul wrote, wrote most yes. of it. It's the right answer. It's the answer oh. you're going to hear most of the time. He wrote most of the books. But Luke, like length. Yes. Okay. Luke had questions. Well, Luke wrote the book of Luke, and Mm -hmm. and most people believe he wrote the book of Acts. Okay. So those two together, actually, there's more content, more words than all of Paul's writings put together. Interesting. I did not know that. Just so you know. But I'm still proud of myself for at least knowing who wrote more books. You did. Well, you should know. (laughs) I mean, my goodness, you grew up in the church for a good 16 years, so. Yeah, did a little bit of Bible bowling. Yeah, a little bit. All right, so here we go. Uh, From the message. Just then, a religion scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life? He answered, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? Question with a question. We talked about that last week. We did. Uh, absolutely. Uh, he said, speaking of the uh, the religious scholar, he said that you love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and muscle and intelligence, and that you love your neighbor as well as you do yourself. Good answer, said Jesus. Do it and you'll live. Looking for a loophole, he asked, just how would you define neighbor? Jesus answered by telling a story, also a very Jesus thing to do. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road. But when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite religious man showed up. He also avoided the injured man. 
A Samaritan traveling the road came on him. When he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto his donkey and led him to an inn and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you on my way back. What do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religion scholar responded. Jesus said, go and do the same. That's the story of the Good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. Um, I find Bible stories, I grew up in the church, so I've heard these Bible stories dozens and dozens of times. Where I find it gets interesting for me is when I actually start thinking about it. It just gets so repetitive. I'm not even paying attention to the details. Like, oh, I know the story. Yeah, these guys come along. Detail blindness. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. So um, I like to slow down, like really with any story, just really start to think about the details. Like what's really going on in the story. Um, And as we look at the context, we actually start to understand how this was a subversive, upsetting story. Mm-hmm. So we go to the beginning of it, and it, we're trying to get a, an idea of the context, like what's happening here. It appears Jesus is probably teaching in a synagogue because the religious scholar stands up. Okay. So clearly, you know, from that little tiny detail, we get the picture that Jesus was teaching a group of people that were probably seated, mm-hmm. right? Which probably was a synagogue. We know Jesus taught a lot. He's starting to get some cred. This is Luke 10. It's fairly early in his ministry, but he's somewhat established. He's done some miracles. So probably the synagogue, we're not entirely sure. But it mentions that the religious scholar or an expert of the law stood up and they're starting to really question. You can tell from the phrasing, the way Luke writes this, this guy is not asking an innocent question. He's trying to somehow trip Jesus up. He's needling around, finding for the weak spots. Yeah, in, in, another, in another translation, this guy is a lawyer. Okay. Okay? That's another, it's in different translations, that's the word that's used instead. Okay. Now, you have to understand that Jesus has started to upset a lot of people already. Huh? He's claimed to be uh, someone that they, is like, it's impossible for you to be this. It's, it's, it's blasphemous. Mm-hmm. There's already the beginnings of a group of people who want to murder him yeah. um, because he's upsetting their hold on power and their position and they're getting really upset. And a lot of people are starting to follow Jesus because, you know, reportedly in the Bible, he's doing these miracles, saying things that people are really kind of latching on to. So the people in power are like, oh, he's going to displace us. This is going to be this is not going to end well for us. So. They're going to try to test him. They think he's a heretic already. So we just get the smartest. We plant some people when he teaches. And one of you guys are going to finally ask the question. And that's going to get him. And we're going to expose him and make him look stupid in front of all his followers. And the other thing to remember, and in this day and age, in the Jewish culture, this is a very honor-shame culture. Okay. The way that you gain honor is by shaming someone else quite frequently. (laughs) So Jesus has quite this following, right? And if you could be the one to shame him, you elevate that much based on how much honor he had at the time you shamed him. You really get skyrocketed as like, oh, you exposed this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a fraud the whole time. We knew it. And you were the one smart enough to catch him. Gotcha. So it's almost in his best interest that this Jesus has got this following, this recognition, this notoriety, I guess. But to really understand 
what's happening in the story, we need to, as you alluded to before, we need to understand what's going on between Samaritans and the Jews. Historical context dun, dun, of xenophobia. That's right. That's right. It's the xenophobia song. That's it. And everyone needs, you may not have heard the xenophobia song before, but. It's sadly still relevant. It's still so relevant. So what's a Samaritan? Right, we need to we need to talk a minute about what is that and why is there such animosity between between them and the Jewish people. So we're going to go in our way back time machine as we often do. <laughs> I don't, okay, all right. I do it every time, and you act surprised every time. I know, but it's just it's a very uh, surprising noise. Carol, do you have a good way back time machine noise? No. Carol, <laughs> Carol, my wife is in the room with us. She does not have a good noise. Uh, leave that in the podcast. That's great. Okay. Um, so we're going to go back a few hundred years into the Old Testament to get an idea of when the Samaritan people started. And a lot of you, to give you a little context, you probably have heard the mu- of the musical Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And hopefully you've heard it too, because it's great. Milo, you have heard of this musical. Over and over on repeat, thanks and, to my older sister. And why would that be? Yes. Um, well... My brother's girlfriend in high school was very into this 90s movie adaptation with Donny Osmond. Yes. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat by uh, Miller, Weber. Weber. Yeah, yeah, Andrew. Andrew Lloyd Weber. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that we was got, a we got there. brain fart. Yeah. Um, yes, so Maddie Melton was very into this movie. She lent it to Molly and I. We watched it and fell in love with it. It's yes. great. Donny Osmond. What a fun guy. What a guy. It is just Sister Marie. Yes. Uh, Mormons. Yay. And <laughs> Which is the appropriate thing to say every time you mention a Mormon. Mormons. Yay. That's it. <laughs> but anyway, and then a couple years later, my sister was in it in her senior year of high school. Uh, she was a go-go dancer having the time of her life. And oh. around that time, she decided to play the soundtrack on loop. Yeah. Just over and over again. Over and over again. Yeah. People think I play songs a lot and get obsessed with songs, and I do. Mm-hmm. Molly, like, puts everyone in the universe to shame. She sure do. She latches on like a pit bull on raw meat. There was a song called Trollywood by Isley that came out in the oh, early aughts. Oh, that's right. And no joke, she played that one three-minute song on loop for a whole day, back to back. On loop. No, yep. But anyway, great show. Love it it a lot. Um, Uh, Even despite the obsession. The other day I was on a road trip, and most road trips I listened through one, uh, like, musical playlist, or musical, like, show tune all the way through the whole uh, soundtrack. Yeah. And that was my one for my last road trip. Can I ask I can sing it front to back. Oh, go ahead. Feel free. free. (laughs) Yep. Buckle down for the next hour and 15 minutes. Um, what can I, can I ask you, not in the notes, again, side story, Uh which is most of this podcast, what is one of your favorite, the music from a musical? Like, what do you just love? Besides Joseph, we've established Uh, that. Into the Woods is another one I'll go back to often, even for just like individual songs. Like I love singing through Into the Woods because Sondheim is really fun to sing. Mm. Um, It's very bouncy. I was trying to quote it to my therapist the other day because there's a line in one of the songs that was applicable. (laughs) And I was like, bear with me because it's Sondheim and it's just like dense. So she was like... Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. I've done that in sermons. Like, I will unpack that. I've done with that with friends. Like, oh, you know what? Uh-huh. This, this song like really captures this. Yes. And you get that look on their face every time. Like, huh. Yeah. And to you, it's so meaningful. And you're getting that glazed yep. look. And they're like, why do I even do this? Yep. And, and the it, Moana soundtrack. That's my it, other one. And if you've been there, 
explaining a soundtrack, a yeah. song for a soundtrack or a song, and it perfectly fits what you're feeling or a in the joke. moment. Raise your Trying hand if you've been there. Explain a joke. Oh, if you've explained the number of times joke. I've tried to explain jokes from the Lego Movie to people who haven't seen the Lego no. Movie, I need to just stop. <laughs> no, it's not. But you can't. Yes, can't you stop. Can't. Won't I, stop. No. What's your favorite soundtrack? Um, I really enjoyed Hamilton um, recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's six hours long. Um, it's very long. There's a there, in another universe. Uh, there's a, a, a different version of me still watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did enjoy it a lot. I'm That's not. Right. I'm not a huge rap fan. Yep. But it was just fun. Yep. It is one of the more high-energy shows in the past Although I will years. tell you, I'm not a big fan of the operatic style where one song just goes into the a next sing-through. with no dialogue. Yep. I Like Lame is, don't like it, don't yeah. like that. Joseph is a sing-through. It is a sing-through. Yep. It's not my favorite, but it's well done. Yeah, it is. Anyway. Anyway, we digress as we often do. Uh-huh. That should be the name of the podcast. Anyway, I digress. Digressions with Dave and Milo. Hey! Okay. So, back to the Bible story. We're going back Dave to the Old Testament. We're going back to Joseph. Uh-huh. We'll talk for a second about Joseph's dad. Uh-huh. Jacob. Yeah. Jacob. Jacob and sons. Right. How many sons did Jacob have? Uh, twelve. Very good. Yep. He did have twelve. He also had daughters, but nobody talks about Don't them. Don't care about them. Uh, not in the biblical text. Yeah. They weren't mentioned hardly ever. Uh, what? Women not mentioned in the Bible. What? Um, but... Who is his favorite son? Joseph. Joseph, of course. Joseph and actually Benjamin. Was the younger son. And why? Because it was his favorite wife. That's Sarah, right. I think. That's, was it? Hold on. No. No. Rebecca. Rebecca. Rachel. Rachel. Oh my the gosh. I, yes. Rachel. Thank you. From the, uh, the, the couch, we get the correct answer. I should have known that. Yeah. Uh, bad on me. It's the one thing with the Joseph musical is they have Benjamin there before Joseph is sold into slavery, which is incorrect because he was born later. Uh, anyway. Well. Other than that, it's perfectly biblically accurate. <laughs> so she was the Go, go, girl. Yep. Um, we are and no- Jesus is a hit, or God is a hippie. Right, which we don't know. Could mm-hmm. be. But, so, we are not, there's a whole, whole story with Joseph and Egypt and all that. We're not going to get into that. We don't yep. have time for that. But basically, Joseph was his favorite, and then hijinks ensue. <laughs> That's... That pretty much That's sums. a fun way of summing it up. Hijinks. Uh, so anyway, um, Joseph ends up having two sons. He has Manasseh and Ephraim. Not a great namer. No, it wasn't the best. Very symbolic. Those names very, very loaded with meaning, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But each of Jacob's son, sons became a tribe. Mm-hmm. So these 12 tribes of it become Israel because Jacob gets renamed Israel by God after he wrestles with him, blah, blah, blah. So this is the foundation of the nation of Israel, the foundation of, of Judaism, of the Jewish people, mm-hmm. really, is through Jacob. But there's not a tribe named after Joseph. Okay. There's the Levites, there's the Danites, mm-hmm. there's all the other brothers have... And although Joseph was the most favorite son, there's the Benjamites... There are no Josephites mm-hmm. because his tribe is split into two between his sons Manasseh and Ephraim. And so Samaritans believe that they were the descendants of Ephraim and Manasseh. Okay. That's where they believe that they came from. They also believe that they were the true descendants of Abraham and they were the true Jewish people. Oh, they that's were where the correct They were the chosen people. Uh-huh. Now, there are actually, because I looked at this, there are Samaritans still alive today. Okay. Descendants from the Samaritans from way back when. Wow. 
Now, the, the, here's the interesting. I, I was kind of shocked by this. Can you guess how many around how many Samaritans exist today in the Middle East? I'm going to say like 2,000? 800. Oh. And that's from the BBC. Okay. So that's from a few years ago. Do you know when ago. that was? Oh, from years ago. Okay. It was about four or five years ago. A okay. guy did an article. Interesting. And um, I thought, wow, I didn't. It's kind of fascinating. I knew Samaritans existed. That lineage still is is around, mm-hmm. but I didn't know it was so few. Yeah. So the only thing we know for sure is that um, Samaritans and the term Samaritan, the, there was a nation Samaria mm-hmm. that came about after the Assyrians conquered the nation of Israel. So this is long, long after Jacob and his sons and they're all tribes and all of that. Um, they're in the promised land, and this is after David became king and Solomon. This is the Assyrians come in and basically take them all over and get exiled and really decimate the entire kingdom. Now, the Jewish people believe the Samaritans came as an intermingling between the Assyrians and Jew- the okay. tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh. Mm-hmm. So now in the Jewish eyes, this is an unclean race of people, uh-huh. not the chosen people. We're the chosen ones. Uh-huh. You're not. Okay. The Samaritans thought they were to worship and the holy mountain was called Mount Gerizim. Mm-hmm. The Jews, of course, believe it was Jerusalem. Yeah. And so there's a whole, even Jesus talking with a woman at the well, she's was Samaritan. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, you Jews say we should worship here. Uh, we think we should worship there. Um, and so it gets all brought up again. Okay. So, but there is, a, like you said, they didn't just hate, the Jews didn't just hate the Samaritans. They despised them. This was a group of people that they thought were vile and were almost not even fully human. Oh boy, we uh, hate to see it. Um, The Jews hated the Samaritans to such a degree they destroyed the Samaritans' temple on Mount Gerizim. That's not nice. No. And again, of course, that was their holy place. And the Jews came Mm -hmm. in and destroyed it because they thought it was blasphemous. And they were the ones to take care of that for God. Great. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, of course, obviously, the Samaritans in turn hated the Jews. And uh, tensions were actually, apparently, when Jesus told, around the time Jesus told this story, tensions were particularly high because the one of the big things, like, so the Jews had their temple. Um and Passover is their big holy holiday. Mm-hmm. Apparently, some Samaritans had desecrated the Jewish temple with human bones. Which are very unclean. Uh-huh. So you've got this extremely violent, uh-huh. uh, very tense aggressive. relationship. Yep. Very aggressive. This is not like, eh, we, this is almost like Americanize it, the Hatfield and McCoys. Like you find out they're this or the other, you now want to kill them. Gotcha. Right? That's the level of, of animosity and anger, hostility. Mm-hmm. You have to remember Jesus is telling the story to a Jewish crowd. Yeah. He's probably in a synagogue talking to all Jews. Mm-hmm. So as they listen, they're hearing this story. This teacher is telling the story. This guy gets beat up. Everyone sympathizes. Oh, the poor guy. That happened to my cousin. That's a thing that can happen. They leave him naked and bleeding. They don't care if he lives or dies. Mm-hmm. So a priest comes along. A priest is a good guy. These people listening is like, oh, oh, great, awesome. A priest comes by. Mm-hmm. This, everything's going to be okay now. The priest Uh-oh. is like, nah, talk to the hand. 
goes to the other side of the road and just acts like you never saw it. And maybe the Jewish listeners are like, well, kind of makes sense. If he touches yeah. that body and it turns out he dies, now he's unclean. Yeah. That's going to be a big problem. There's a whole process to become clean again. It takes time. Easy to make excuses for people in power. Absolutely. So, yeah, and it's the thing you do. It's like, well, there must have been a good reason. Yeah. Right? Levite comes by. And the Levites, again, you talk about, you know, Jacob's sons. Mm-hmm. Levi was one of his sons, tribe of Levite, the Levites. Mm-hmm. They were people who took care of the temple. Levite comes down the road, also a good guy. This is a man of God, just like the priest, right? Oh, thank goodness the Levite came by. He's going to take care of him. And Jesus is like, he passes by too. Mm-hmm. He also just walks right on by, doesn't have time. Again, you know, it's you know, trying to speculate what's in the minds of these listeners, right? Like, well, probably make excuses for him as well. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, and some people are probably just starting to shake their heads a little bit now. <laughs> and then Jesus says, the Samaritan comes down the road. And the blood starts rising. The blood starts rising. And if they hear the term, they hear a Samaritan, I wouldn't even shock me if some people had kind of booed under their half under their breath. Yeah. And so eye rolls were happening. Oh, great, a Samaritan. If you're in that crowd and you're an intuitive person, and Jesus now introduces the Samaritan coming on the path, and of course we know the end of the story, they didn't. Yeah. What do you think they think the Samaritan's gonna do now that Jesus has introduced a Samaritan into the story? Right, like they're gonna, they're they're assuming the worst right yeah. off the bat that he's gonna beat him up more. He's gonna take advantage of this guy, whatever. Yeah, he's gonna he's probably gonna finish the job, right? Yeah. He's, and he's gonna you know whatever, making sure he dies a painful death. He's gonna get him. But then the original plot twist. Dun, dun, dun. And this is not you know again and so obviously this guy doesn't just take care of him. He goes above and Jesus is almost piling on because what this guy does. He immediately goes to him, cleans his wounds, which that could, I mean, that's not great. You come, you come alongside a guy who's naked and bleeding on the side of the road, half dead, um, you know, and you can't call like 911. Like the beginning of Night's Tale. That's right. That's right. That's the same thing. Um, so not only does he clean him up, not only does he bandage him, I mean, this guy's got, he's on his way to somewhere too. Mm-hmm. Puts the guy on his donkey, walks with him to the nearest inn. Not only pays for him, spends the night apparently because in the morning he gives the innkeeper a couple silver coins and then just keeps piling it on mm-hmm. and says, hey, if there's any bills this guy racks up, it's on me. Mm-hmm. And now this originally sounded like an innocent little story. Like, oh, isn't that nice? This nice guy came and took care of the guy. Those other two jerks. Now I want you to imagine the look on the faces of the crowd who have just heard this story. Yeah. He's, the nice story. He, yeah, this nice, it's a happy story. Jesus uh-huh. thinks we should be nice to people. He told a story. We are nice to people that you find naked and bleeding on the side of the road. That was the Sunday school story without the naked and bleeding part. Yes. There was the flyograph of the Good Samaritan. Yes. But he was clothed, of course. Yeah. So it just sounds like, oh, that's so nice. Like Shirley in community. That's nice. <laughs> but when you realize what he was doing in this story, mm-hmm. making the Samaritan the hero was not cool. Subversive. It was it made people extremely angry and they weren't they didn't clap at the end of the story like, oh that's so inspiring. Mm-hmm. And then at the end So he tells the story, piles on how great the Samaritan guy is. He's amazing. And then at the end he goes, go do the same. Mm-hmm. Like one final little gut yeah. punch to these people. 
Go be like a Samaritan. Yeah, go be a Samaritan. Because right now, the Samaritan's the hero. The guys that you thought are heroes, they're all the villains. Mm -hmm. So he just flips everything on his head. People walk away pissed off. They're probably going to lunch after Sunday service like you do and go, I don't care about... (laughs) They're going to Bennigan's. Yeah, they're going going to Bennigan's. And they're like, uh, I'm not going back. Uh, I don't like, I don't agree with him. Uh, I think he's controversial. Did Benjamin start Bennigan's? He did. It it (laughs) was originally called Benjamin's. I was going to try for the portmanteau, but it is quite a mouthful. It is kind of, and it it didn't, that's why the business didn't last. Oh, I see. Because they were like, where are we going for dinner? And someone said Benjamin's, and they're like, what is, they're like, I don't know, it's weird. (laughs) Uh, None of that is true, Uh, but we threw it in there for fun. So Milo, that's where the Good Samaritan comes from, Mm -hmm. and that's the context of how that story is actually packed with way more than I think most people realize, which I love that. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of even people who are very Christian don't often think of Jesus as a rebel and as a, like, pseudo-anarchist. He was tearing down a lot of, like, in a lot of walls and a lot of temples, flipping tables and such. And... He was not the most peaceful man. He was a troublemaker. He was. Um, the very, in fact, kind of an interesting side note: the very first person that he came out to as the son of God mm-hmm. was interesting choice of words, but yeah, I know. go on. Well, it was. It was. <laughs> that it, would it, anger some people. <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, but he had this hidden identity, like, and he wanted people to know his true identity, who mm-hmm. he really was, and for him to. Tell this. So in this culture, you don't tell a woman, first of all, because again, hardly mentioned or valued in that time. Jesus not only tells a woman, he tells a Samaritan Mm -hmm. woman. Like, that's not how you should do that. That's a poor marketing scheme right there. (laughs) That does not make a lot of sense. But again, that just shows that rebellious nature against those human systems that were erected to glorify power and oppress people, which is exactly the opposite of everything Jesus said he was for. Right. That's me preaching. I hope you enjoyed it. Yay, uh, we'll happy be, Sunday. We'll this comes passing, out on a Tuesday, but... <laughs> passing the offering plate a little later, uh, if you care to give. Um, anyway, so anything specific... I would say if you're going to give an offering for this one, maybe look into some uh, Mexican-American border research and the immigration yeah. problems there, because, oh, look, there's some modern what? parallels what? to... Does yeah. that story still apply? Oh, does it? I'm not sure. Know. Xenophobia? Is that Let's still a thing in America the, and the world today? Can we get the Xenophobia song again? I don't remember how it goes. That's, that's okay. <laughs> xenophobia. Oh, no, it's like Activia. Xenophobia. There we go. Great. Uh, Milo, I know you're. nothing I really said today was that new information for you, but is there it's, anything that stood out that you just kind of like, like we like to do at the end of our podcast? Anything that you kind of grabbed your attention? Or? I like talking about musicals. <laughs> <laughs> but also just, Great. you know, I have not been a Christian for coming up on like 10 years now. And so uh, a lot of it is still in my head. And sometimes it's surprising how much of it is. Yeah. And so revisiting some of these stories is nice and noticing some of the parallels to today's stuff. And certainly there are aspects of the Bible that I am not happy with. Sure. And that is why I'm not a Christian. Nor should you be happy with But it. it is nice to at least have some elements of my childhood be like, well, I'm glad that was 
that had, you know, some messaging that I would still agree with. There's some comfort yeah. there. Well, and, you know, we don't talk about this a ton, but I actually think there's a lot, if you get into the, actually what was really going on, I think there's a lot of the messaging you'd agree with. Yes, absolutely. For and sure. I completely recognize that a lot of the issues are translations and outside yeah. oh, for sure. outside agendas coming in yeah, for to sure. oppress. And I totally recognize that, but I think Christianity as a institution right now is a lot of the problem. Oh, it's huge, huge. So, uh, we, yeah. we agree very much, and my wife is nodding her head over there as well. Yep. And, uh, fun... and, that's, and that's the fun thing. We actually, uh, we won't get into this a ton, but we started a new church today that kind of explore more of that mentality, shall mm-hmm. we say. We're excited about it. So anyway. Yeah, I'm excited for you, for you guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, what stood out to you? I love the subversiveness of Jesus. I love that where even if, and again, a lot of things, and again, I totally understand people have problems with religion and Christianity. And I guess for me, the thing is to say, you know, like, I don't know, is that true? Did that happen? For me, I'm more interested in, I'm not super, I don't care a ton whether that story happened. I care more about whether, is it true? Yeah. And I think that story is true. Yes. More about the universal truth than the historical truth. Yes. The Bible's not a history book, um, which anyway, that's a whole other thing. That's a debate. (laughs) Well, it is. Um, I've made up my mind on that. Yeah. But um, I love... I love who the person who, again, I'm a Christian, and I love the person who Jesus is, who I think he really is, mm-hmm. not what other people have needed him to be to further their own agendas. Yeah. That's what that's I like. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. There you go. That's it. Wonderful. That's what I yeah. got today. Uh, thanks for coming along on that ride, everybody. I hope you learned some things. And for our uh, listeners who are not super into the Bible, I'm glad you stuck around with us. Thank you. They're important stories, and even... If, you know, not in a religious context, but in a historical context, it's a part of our world. And so it's fun to learn about, I think. Um, but yeah, sorry if some of the Bible names went fast, because there's a lot there. <laughs> there. There is. And if you have more interest, um, I would encourage you to listen to voices like Erwin McManus, mm-hmm. um, even maybe Rob Bell to some extent. Um, I would stay away from some other names that are a little more evangelical or more of a fundamentalist Don't style preacher. Don't watch the televangelists for nope, your... <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Probably not going to be helpful for you. If um, the first thing they're talking about is money, maybe go the other way. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So Yeah. But you can leave us a review on your listening platform of choice You or on Facebook. You can also see our pictures and updates there on our Facebook group. You can just search for Watch Your Mouth Podcast and find us there. You can email us at thewatchyourmouthpod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, any of that fun stuff, just be nice, please. Please be nice. And thank you to Tony Gephardt for our theme song. As always. You can follow him on Spotify if you like. He makes good stuff. He does. Yeah. Quite a musician. He is. He's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, But in the meantime, we will see you in a couple weeks. But I'm Milo. And I'm Dave. Stay curious and carry a hatchet. Mm -hmm.